Hello everyone and welcome again to Wednesday Night Live. My name is Ron Crawford and I'm the pastor of the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas and it is a great privilege to be able to reach out to not only my congregation here in Dallas and those that um, are part of this congregation uh, in many different places but also to our Saints Network family who is so faithful in standing on behalf of what God wants to do in this earth. I know that the message that we're going to share together today is really a well-known passage. There's no teaching sheet today, so there's no reason to be looking for it. Uh, we're going to be in Second Chronicles chapter 7, and it's the famous, If My People passage of scripture. You remember that Solomon was in direct conversation with God as the temple was being instituted there in Jerusalem. And we remember from many other studies that we've shared together that a large portion of the discussion between God and his king or the king of the people was uh, in regard to what we know is prayer and supplication supplication and prayer the the measure of calling in grace before God and the palal of understanding his perspective understanding what he has shown his light upon and making your requests and your declarations based upon that. That is used a number of times in both the writings of the Chronicles and the Kings. And um, again, we have studied and will continue to study and apply that principle in what we do and for those of you who maybe have been uh, apart from that teaching um, it's uh, it's not just asking things it's not just making petitions it's not just airing your grievances and your gripes which is what those things are basically what most people do when they quote unquote pray but the aspect of being before God as a partner, gleaning what he wants, and making that your perspective, making that your declaration, making that your agenda for requests, is what supplication and prayer really are. You're partnering with God in grace, and you are then representing him. That's throughout the Old Testament, and it's also throughout the New Testament with deasis and prosuke those two regularly together as supplication and prayer and the same theme is uh, is consistent throughout the entirety of the word of god and so when we look today at this well-known passage second chronicles 7:14 we know that the type of prayer that god requires is 
this Palau and the extension to Pila. Um, that's what he wants. And if he wanted something other than that, there were a number of other known words for making requests that he could have used. And so we find ourselves across the world, not just here in the United States, but across the world, um, dealing with issues that are demonically inspired, dealing with pestilence, dealing with unrest, dealing with, I don't know what, I, I can tell you what's worse, the, what's worse, the injustice or the reaction of people being offended by, because of their perceived injustice. God doesn't like uh, in any way injustice. But the thing that he says more than anything else about the topic is he doesn't want there to be vengeance. He doesn't want there to be unforgiveness. He doesn't want there to be um, any measure of you taking up a cause against your brother or your sister. All of those are Christianity 101. Um, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And there are so many people many of whom have no stake in the game at all, who are just tearing up Jack because they just want to. And it's a spirit of violence. It's a spirit of, of anarchy. And, um, and then, you know, they stage themselves. It's typical enemy strategies. So we see this going on, and it's, it's, it's only building and growing. And... It's enemy-driven, and it's, uh, it's designed to shorten the time that God has ordained for a visitation of His Spirit, which we all know is coming. This is the enemy agenda. If he can't stop that, well, let's, let's shorten it. Let's change the times. Let's hinder, and let's corrupt. But where sin abounds, grace much more abounds, and where darkness is, His light comes forth so we have that to to lay claim to but the point for us today is that we as a people of God need to be representing him we need to be doing the kinds of things that he would require us to do in the midst of this really peculiar time across the world and I know there are a lot of voices trying to shame people into doing things well if you were really Christian you'd be doing this well you know if you were a Christian you can't let your voice be silent you know and all this stuff if you're not speaking out then that makes you this terrible person and you can lay the epithets there but what God says is if my people who are called by my name or which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, Palal, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So my eyes are open and my ears attend to the tepila that is made in this place. That's what God says Christians are supposed to be doing. Unless you've just ripped this page right out and said it's not right or it's exclusionary or 
what other kind of debacle you've allowed to permeate your your philosophies and your doctrines. This is what God says at the foundation of the temple. And we are supposed to be welcoming his presence in similar ways wherever we are. So let's look and see what God is, more clearly what God is saying in these verses that I just read. Number one, we need to recognize that we are God's people. We're we're in the family of God. And um, we need to be... Um, we need to be absolutely convinced that this is our heritage. Oh, but I'm this. Oh, I've been this denomination, or I'm this race, or I'm this color, or, well, great. In 50 years, none of that's going to matter because you're going to be in eternity. So what will you be then? Well, hopefully you are God's people. And that's what we need to go ahead and be now. We are the family of God. Our Father is, is in charge. And um, we are, that's who we are. But being called by his name is something that we need to recognize here because we represent the name of God. We represent what he's doing right now, what he's intending to do. Our authority is granted for that purpose, which is what the name really represents. But called here is our old friend Kara. Remember when we studied about this, about the partridge and, you know, various iterations of this word in the scripture where it means that you, you accept a responsibility that you're capable of fulfilling, it wasn't yours to begin with. It's So it's not subjective. It's not personal. I think that's a key thing. You have accepted a duty for the Lord, for the Lord, that you don't, in the natural, have any reason to really be um, accepting. This is humility. This is a pure spirit. You know, if you accept a cause that is going to benefit you or is uh, for your pride or for your rights or for any of those things, while they may be good causes, you, you have a stake in the game. You know, I'm doing this passionately because I want this to happen and it will benefit me or It'll benefit this group that I'm a part of. When you are called by God in this way, you're only serving him. You aren't, you aren't there because it's going to benefit you in some way. You aren't, you aren't there because it's an argument you have or a beef you have or you want some kind of, i got to choose my terms rightfully because so many of them have already been either put in the for verboten list or means something else. But you aren't looking for any retribution for yourself um, or for your personal unforgiveness to be in some way assuaged. 
which, again, it never would be. And what I mean by that is swage is to wipe away. People that want to have... Um, People that want to have a, a reckoning never, ever get a reckoning. You realize that? Somebody that has a beef and they hold out and they want restitution, if the restitution comes, it's never enough. And because it's that kind of a thing, which is why God says, you've got to forgive once you enter welcome unforgiveness, it's not about a certain thing. It becomes a mindset. It becomes a pollutant in your spirit. And it's where bitterness comes. It's where iniquities form. And it's, it's a corruptive influence. So that's why Jesus says vengeance is, God says vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You must forgive. If you don't forgive, neither will your father forgive. He says all those things because it's not because he's trying to get you to to do something that is uh, is going to be uh, uh, harmful to you. It's because he wants you to be pure. So you're called Kara as a judge in the land on behalf of God. You're not taking up any personal agenda or any agenda that is for mankind you say well that's why we have to be out protesting because we see injustice and if we don't speak against it then we're just as guilty as the next really well who gave you that assignment you concocted it did somebody persuade you was it from god and see you got to be really careful there don't take his name in vain there's a lot of people that have done a lot of things in the name of god that, truth be told, God wasn't anywhere near that decision. Maybe he was there trying to get you not to make a fool of yourself. But, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, if you really want to be a, an agent of change, you be that. You shine your light. Let your light so shine before men. You show love. You don't have to be out on the picket fence bonding together with how many other different methodologies just to sow your love. How many protests did Jesus go to? And believe me, there were a lot of them. Man, oh man. Study about the history of Jerusalem during the time of Jesus. It was a mess. There were all kinds of voices, all kinds of insurrections, all kinds of zealots, all kinds of causes. Jesus didn't get it. And even when they tried to draw him into it, should we pay taxes? Whose face is on the coin? Give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Give to God what's God. What was he saying to those people? You know, there were people who did not want to give their money to invest in a repressive, what they believed was a repressive government. And Jesus said, whose face is on that coin? Give it to Caesar. You know, in a way, he was defending the government that was in place. I'm sure that didn't go over well with the zealots. But the point is, is that our calling is not of this earth. We should be kind and loving. We should, if, if, if it's brought before us, we should speak the truth in love. We should do whatever we can to reflect the goodness of our God. 
But our calling and our passion needs to be according to the calling of God, and that's Kara. And you can pretty much know, you can pretty much know whether God's in something for you or not. Do you have any agenda there? Do you have any stake in the matter? Do you have any axe to grind? Because if you do, it's not what God's calling you to do. Because this word is not subjective. It's and it it's it's objective, but it's even more than that. It's a it's it's a pure form of altruism. I mean it it's it's taking up a cause that from all intents and purposes is solely for your father as a service heavenly father as a service to god and um anybody that sees you doing it can't point and say well i see why they're doing this oh they're in with this crowd because they want their music career to take off or they're in with this crowd because they want to build a group or they're in with this crowd because you know you can point anything you see that legitimately is an advantage for you in some way will show that it's not kara you know this the root of this word goes back to taking charge of a nest that's not even your own because you you want to you have it in you to serve in that way in a selfless way well what about you know we see let's just talk about current events you know we see people protesting racial injustice and a lot of those young people are white and so that's there there they are doing this well some of them may be there for that but from what i've seen and i'm not there and i don't want to be there a lot of them are a bunch of kids that have been brainwashed and taught that this government in our country is wicked from the core and they want a revolution. They're not there because of some man being unjustly killed, which everybody in America who saw that was outraged. Why that wasn't captured and used. We could have had true discussions of harmony and healing, but anarchy and Marxism, that's not what we want as Americans. So a lot of these young people aren't there because they're grieving over the Floyd family. You, you look at them. I mean, they're there because they've been taught in their schools that this is what they should do. And I, uh, there's no Kara there. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of deception there. So um, people who are called by to represent the authority of the name of God, one of the main things that we must use as a strength and as an identity point is that we're not in it for ourselves. We're not in it to build pride. We're not in it to make sure that our giftings are honored. Oh, I know what God gave me. I know what I'm known for. I know what my strengths are. But, you know, that's not giving me the notoriety that everybody around me says I should have. So I should put that on the table over here so that I can be glorified. 
God has told me this. Well, I don't know what God you're talking to, but it sure ain't the one that's giving this scripture. And it's sure not the one that we know you've known in the past. You know, what I see about this is when you call yourself a child of God and a partner of grace, he's going to ask you to die to yourself. That's the heart of prophecy. You know, the, the spirit of prophecy is the martyria of the Lord. To die to self so that life from God can come. And that's the essence of kara. That's the essence of this kind of calling. And so there's, and I'm not, I'm just, we're just talking here. We accepted this calling from God as saints and as people who would intercede. And it is the best calling. It is, it is the thing that God created us to do. We are blessed for it. We're not doing God any favors by accepting this. It is our what we were created to be. But in the natural, we had to die to things. We had to die to pride. We had to die to reputation. We had to die to upward mobility. We had to die to the opinions of people and on down the line. And, and I'm not saying, oh, poor us, woe is me. <clears throat> but if, if you're walking for God and you are accepting a calling like this, it's going to have to be just absolutely pure. It's going to fulfill you in the depths of your spirit because you are being Christ-like. You've died to self so that he might live. He is increasing, you're decreasing. That's what you must be, and that's the essence of kara. If you're doing it for some other reason, forget it. You're not really following God. You say you are. There may be people who think you are. There may be crowds that come and applaud you. Woo! What great anointing you have. But the true calling of God at the temple is that you are willing to accept a responsibility. You are willing to accept a calling from him that is totally and completely and subjectively uh, objectively pure not subjectively objectively pure and when people look at you they they can't say well i know why they're doing this i mean you can see their political strategy here it's it goes against everything that's in mankind but this is what the calling of the Lord is. So when I see our nation today, I see that there's the main thing is what has God prophesied that he wants to do in this nation? What has God said his spirit is wanting to do in this year? What has God said that his spirit is going to visit upon the world? That's what all of these things that we see in oppositions and travel restrictions and pestilences and fears in, in the world and violence and cries of, of protests and deconstruction and tearing down. That's what all of this stuff is designed to stop. 
but we, the people of God, are believing for what he has said he's going to do. And that's going to bless the people. That's going to bring healing. That's going to revolutionize. That's going to revolutionize the the neighborhoods that are torn apart. You know, some people wrongfully think, well, if we just go into Chicago and take away all the guns, everybody's going to be singing Kumbaya and things will be fine. What happened in London, England, when they took away all the guns? Do you realize that they have had a spate for years of knifings? People being killed by knife attacks or by driving their vehicles into crowds or by setting off bombs. You see, the heart of wicked wickedness in people is not going to be cleansed because you do some social action. It's only the visitation of the Spirit of God that's going to do this. And that's what he promised and that's what God is going to rain down upon earth in the days that we're going to see. And we're grateful for that, but it's not going to change everybody. We've studied this so many times in the past. Um, there's wickedness in this world, and it's born of the enemy. And as long as the enemy's here, people are going to follow him. And you just need to know that. But if my people... We're part of the family of God. What do you mean, my people? Uh, We are God's people. We are God's people. Am I a white man or am I a black man or am I an Asian man? No, I'm, I'm God's people. That's what I will be a thousand years from now, where there is no vestige of, of, um, racial divisions i am the people of god and i trust you are too when god gives his name and his authority what's it for for his cause not for your cause that you've slapped god's bumper sticker on his cause that's the only thing that matters so that's how this begins and it says if they will humble themselves this is a word that is K-A-N-A in our transliteration. It means to bow the knee, but not in a Barak fashion, not in a before God to receive a, um, a commissioning or an empowerment for a task that he's giving. This is abject surrender. This is surrender in the biggest part, you know, if an enemy is defeated and they kneel in this way, they're saying that that sovereign is now in control of them. And so the only one we should be doing this before, and it's more a matter of the heart. It wasn't just an action. It was a matter of the heart. The only one we should do this for is before God. Humble yourself. And palal. Now, again, we've said throughout this discussion, this particular discussion at the temple, both in the writings here and in the Kings, 
Um, it's, it's always prayer and supplication. It's always the, the grace partnership and you gleaning God's perspective. Let that be your own. God's perspective that then directs what you are looking toward, what you are to declare, and specifically what you're to call forth in asking. That's the essence of what God generates out of you submitting yourself as his family, you submitting yourself to his calling, you submitting yourself in total dying to self. What you have so far in this verse that we've talked about is a description of a partner in grace. Do you see this? You're accepting his calling so that something new that God wants, something creative, something of his visitation can come. God is giving a description of what grace really is. Do you see this? And through that, then, you pray. You palau, same word as is used many times in this same story in conjunction with grace. So, let's reiterate, just so you get this clear, what do we do in our world today as Christians? We're in this world, we're not of this world. We don't take up causes unless it's God's cause. We are intercessors because that's how God begins any work. It doesn't say that um, when God wanted to redeem man, he looked for someone to mobilize a crowd so that they knew which side of righteousness you were on. No, he looked for an intercessor. That's still the way God moves. Everything begins with a voice in intercession. And so we are God's people. We accept his agenda. We are going to represent him in his authority we are going to die to self, humbling, in order that we can then see things through the palau mindset, the prosuke mindset. We can begin to formulate our opinions based through that. And if anything comes against that, you take that thought captive and you submit it to the subjection of Christ. If anything comes that would stir you up, you you get you judge what you see there. If there's anything you can take from it that would be instructive, you take that, but you leave everything else because your perspective is based upon grace and your perspective is formed through the palau of communing with God. And then you make your declaration and you, uh, on behalf of what God wants, and you make your requests from that perspective. So if you do that, you're not making requests based on fear. You're not making requests based on doubt. You're not making requests based on anger. You're not making requests uh, based upon a, an inviolation of Scripture. There are a lot of people that are just furious today, Christians, who just detest and vilify the president of this country. That's not scriptural. 
You know, there have been presidents during my lifetime that I thought were just, their decisions were not godly. So what did I do about it? I prayed. This is what God says. You make prosuke on behalf of those who have ruler over you. It's the extrapolation of this Old Testament word. It's, it's used the same way in the New Testament. Always in the same conjunction with grace and supplication. And this is what God says. So some people say, well, yes, I hate that man. I hate what he does. So you condemn, you damn, you, you get angry. You join causes that are bent on rebellion. God is never in that. He's never in that. You need to repent of that. And you need to become a person who is devoted to what he's really called you to do. Your palau is based upon all the things that precede that word in this verse. And God says, if, you know, if there's problems, if I shut up heaven that be there, there be no rain. Back then, and it still is the case, but back in their day, that, you want to talk about a shutdown of the economy. I'm telling you, that's what it was. If I command locusts to devour the land, well, we're not really seeing that many locusts. Maybe you are. I know some nations in the Middle East and in, in, in Africa are facing this. But this would represent something that devours. I think we're seeing a lot of that today across our country. Or if I send a pestilence among my people. Now, God's covering us by the blood. Thank him for that. This is a gift from God that the blood of Jesus is preserving us. But if all these things are happening, what's God's solution? Well, we got to get that guy out of office. Or we got to vote these people in. Or we got to tear down all these injustices that we've, that we've gotten all riled up about. Now, if my people, which are called by my name, now humble themselves, and then palau, now, what's this next part? Seek my face. Hmm. And it's, it's also in turn from their wicked ways. It's about ways. Ra is the, the wicked, which opposes the Tob purpose. The face of God, Pinium, we've studied and extrapolated upon this. And basically... Penim is the circle. Uh, that's what it really means. And um, it's, uh, we've equated that with the ways of God, which is a circle, which is the wheel within the wheel, um, which is, um, you know, when Ezekiel saw that, a lot of people say it was a spaceship or it was some kind of a, um, you know, a vehicle. You go back and read that word for word. There's no vehicle there. It's angels bearing the the seven spirits of God, the wheels of God. What is the wheel within the wheel? 
Well, the wheel within the wheel is the Kronos and the Kairos working together. God's, God's, uh, God's the overall flow and what He's doing right now, and it's in His, it's in His personality. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Now you know what? I have to just be honest with you. Some of you who dispute what I just said about the spaceship. Uh, when I was in high school in the seventies man that was a big topic these spaceships and chariots of the gods and you know close encounters of the third kind then came out of that in the in the late 70s early 80s and everybody was interested in spaceships and I, this isn't the topic today but i remember we we would engage in different debate things to kind of learn teach us how to debate and i would always this this was always a topic on the agenda and i would always argue for the fact that there were spaceships so i project blue book all kinds of other crazy things that were there um uh, what's at roswell you know what is the area 51 you know, what is this in the president's book? You know, all these things that you see in National Treasure and all, all kinds of other, um, you know, uh, mindsets, National Enquirer mindsets. But you look in the Bible and you really look seriously. It's not describing a spaceship in Ezekiel. So any of you who have embellished that and built off of that, get with it. Now, do I believe that some of the enemy forces in that were cut off from the power of the Lord when the rebellion came and then they were listed as stars and some of them are listed as stars in the heavens and they will be brought to bear in the end times do I think that they use technology to do things like that well probably but God doesn't need to his angels don't need to they're operative in the power of God you don't see Gabriel come to Daniel and say you know what you know, I had to, was forced to fly swiftly because there was opposition. It doesn't say, you know, that my latest model of the spaceship was really coming under heavy fire from uh, the photon torpedoes of Leviathan. You don't see that anywhere. Some people just like a good sci-fi mixed in with their prayers. And it's, it's just corruptive. The enemy will be all over that. So... The face of God, the wheels of God, the circle of God. You know, like when Jacob saw God face to face, what, what's he really saying? Well, each person has their own uh, experience with God. The scripture is inviolable. I mean, it's, it's true. It's not going to bend for you because you have a different opinion. Um, but... For me, when I talk about the face of God, when I'm before God's throne and I'm really silent before Him and I'm meeting with Him, since what I believe, the face, the circle, is the culmination of His ways, which is His seven spirits coming together to form the white light, there's a place that sometimes you can come into contact with by God's goodness where you can sense well, let me say it this way. There are times when you're before the throne and you can recognize that God is, God's throne is always a throne of grace. But there are descriptions in the Bible of various colors that are attached to the throne. Like one is the sapphire. Um, 
One is there is a there's the rainbow, this full seven colors. Um, and you can tell at those times that whatever God is doing, he is bringing the focus of who he is to accomplishing a monumental task on behalf of that right then. But usually you just you just sense the the overwhelming magnitude of God when you're before the throne and you're praying on behalf of what it is that he has asked you to iterate as an intercessor and diverse tongues and unknown tongues are very helpful in this <laughs> scripturally um, but there there are times where everything seems to come into alignment this doesn't happen all the time. But from our perspective, everything seems to come into alignment. It's like things configure themselves in perfect order. And you, you perceive the igniting of all that, all that demonstration of God's presence into a... a, a a pulse of the pure light and the truth of God. To me, from my perspective, that's what it means to see the face of God. And we're always privileged to partner with his ways, which are part of his face. But it's kind of like when you talk about the glory. You know, people sometimes, so often they sing about, show us your glory. And they, I, don't, I wonder, have you ever even read the Scripture? When, when Moses said that, God said no. <laughs> you know, that's kind of a pointless question. You know, the first time in the Scripture where it talks about the people beholding the glory of God was when they were griping and murmuring because they didn't have any meat in the wilderness. They, the, the, the manna from God, miraculous it was, as it was, wasn't enough. And God said, okay, you tell these people that I've fed up with their murmuring and tomorrow they're going to see my glory they're going to have so much quail come that it's going to become it's going to become nauseating to them it's going to come out scripture says out their noses that's seeing the glory <laughs> do you want that why does it say no man shall see my glory because Moses, my goodness, my tobe is going to pass before you. I'm going to hide you here by the covering of my hand in the cleft of the rock. You're going to be, what can we say about that? You're going to be established in the gap under the covering of the partnership of my hand. And when my glory passes by, you're going to be able to see the, the end of it. Because the glory is you representing God and partnering with him in his ways partnering with something that he's doing that has not been done before. The glory comes upon that and upon you as his representative in the scripture. And your job in that is to take responsibility, to stand firmly in the gap, to lay claim to that placement in partnering with his hand. And you are not going to understand everything that's going on. You're not going to be able to see everything that God is doing. Because he reserves his glory for himself. What are you going to see? 
You're going to be there with God. You're going to be intimately with Him. You're going to be in the midst of the glory, but what you're going to see is the end result of it, His tobe. You're going to see that God has visited, but no man's God's counselor. No man is going to be able to say, okay, God's doing this and this and this and this and this and this and this right now. The only thing you're going to have is the step of faith, the light for your path. And in conjunction with the hand and in the gap that he's called you to be in. So when you behold the face of God, you seek God's face. What what does that mean? It's interesting because this term for seek is is really a term that means to beseech, to inquire, to, um, you know, sometimes it's beg, but God doesn't want us begging before him. We do everything we can to come into alignment with what his spirit is doing, even though we may not understand everything about it. What we do when we are seeking that We'll come away with a perspective that is perfect peace, and we will know what we're to be asking right then. How do we know what we're going to be asking? We've already talked about Palau and Prosyuke, but I think what God would say to us today is, what has God promised prophetically for this year? We don't need to forget that. We need to be proclaiming that. What is God doing right now? Well, we don't need to help God out. We need to stand firmly in the gap. We need to continue in partnership with his hand. We need to submit ourselves, die to self. We need to take full responsibility for the assignment he's given us, which we have no human stake in other than to die so that it can be. We need to recognize that we are... um, We are representing his authority, and we are children of God. All of those things forms what our perspective is and what God shows us, we declare that. And we release that blessing. That's the palau. And so we, um, we must then turn from the raw ways. How's that? Tob is the pure ways. Well, if there's any thing that is twisted, we shub, we turn, we metanoia, we, we make a, a, an absolute turning from it. And we should do that in our country too. Don't damn it. Turn from it and declare the tobe of God because that's what our objective is. That's what Moses would see. Why did Jacob say, I've seen God face to face, Peniel. And um, why, why did he say that? Because it was Elohim. At that point, Jacob was really wrestling. Was he demonized? It doesn't say that. Be very careful when you pronounce that you've had demons in you. You've got enough problems with your iniquity. Some of you, bless God, God delivered you from yourself. And the enemy didn't have to do much. He didn't have to invest much in you. You were doing pretty good at damning yourself all on your own. And to be free from iniquity is is the greatest point of deliverance any of you will ever have because then you will be pure. Will you be free to follow the purpose of God? 
and what he called you to be. That's the great battle of life. So what about the iniquity that was found in the enemy? Well, that we talked about that recently. That is Ewell and it's injustice. He thought he was done wrong. He thought that he would mobilize a mob of principalities and other demons because they were all being done wrong. See any of that today? That's Luciferian. So that was the iniquity that was found in, in him. But for us, we need to turn from any place where we might be going against the tobe of God. And we need to be making our declarations against darkness, against Ra, with the light of the Lord in his ways and the light of his tobe. So Jacob in Peniel, the wrestling and him coming away with a limp was God trying to say, hey, you're my covenant representative here. You're to be a patriarch. You need to stop being so slick. You need to stop trying to maneuver for your own good. You need to, you need to be hampered with that. Let me show you what my heart really is. And remember, he saw the ladder going into heaven, Elohim, the heart of God on earth, Yahweh, the plan of God, looking down from that ladder, and the angels of the heart and the passion of God going up and down. That's how he saw God face to face. That's how he saw Elohim. And that's our lifestyle, aligning with the ways of God, dying to self, dying to our own iniquities, coming away, doing whatever we can to not be selfish, to not be subjective, to not be self-serving, but to be God-serving. So that's why this is in here. You seek my face, you turn from your wicked ways. Anytime you want to partner with the ways of God, you're going to have to say, Lord, search me, try me, see if there's any wicked way in me. Purge me so that I can align with your ways and represent your light. Wow, we need to do this daily. God says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your sin. And that is, um, that is a word that says uh, on offense, uh, habitual sinfulness, penalties, anything that would have, by virtue of your wrongful actions, have kept you from moving in him. We want that from God. We need that. And I will heal, restore, rapa, their land. Mine eyes, my ways, are going to be open to this place. And my ears attend unto the tepila, which is the same as palal. It's the same word, um, basically. It's just a different tense. It's a different um, form of speech. Uh, and um, I will, I will um, watch what, what you do in that regard. This is all for us. And we need to be a people who are absolutely doing that today. So I ask you, I ask you, I ask you, are you really praying in this way? 
are you really representing God in this way? Um, um, let's represent what this verse is truly saying to us. And let's be this. No matter what country you're living in, let's be this. And um, if, will you do it? Will you do it? The answer for the pestilence is this. The answer for the shutdown is this. The answer for every other form of, of um, debauchery is this. God's not asking you to be a zealot for a cause. He's asking you for be pas- to be passionate for his heart and um, die to self. And again, I think one of the greatest things that I can see in this is the litmus that says, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? If if you're serving God or saying you're serving God for some other agenda, you're wrong. If you could say I'm doing this because God has given me to do it and I have no stake in this at all, that's what it means to be called. And that's how his authority will flow through you. So we need to begin to make proclamation with every other thing we're doing here in this passage. We need to be making declaration from God. We need to be believing for what he has said he's going to do. We need to continue to spend time with God. We need to be sensitive to him. And with that, I know we're done now. But be really careful to let everything you hear be gauged by um, the perspective of the kara. I try to keep up with what's going on in our country, but there's so many opinions, many of them lies or misrepresentations. And if if you can't watch, if you can't keep track of what's going on without becoming irritated, you need to die a little more. Because we we we've got to be pure. Is if we're representing the throne. So, God bless all of you. We hope this coming Friday to be able to present a new program for you called Seasons. It, we hope it will be up this Friday, but you'll you'll be getting notifications of it. It's not going to be every week, but it's going to be discussions regarding specific topics. Uh, this one particularly this week is going to be uh, regarding the oil of the anointing and um, but it's called seasons so watch for a notification regarding that. And most importantly, remember to pray. And until um, the next time we're able to come together, may God bless you. Goodbye. <laughs>